Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Alt Reports Radio. I'm your host, Breck Palumbo, and I'm happy to be on here with Sabrina Guler today of Techvestors. And we're going to talk about something that's been on my mind for a while, which is investing in uh, short-term rentals and in real estate. So, Sabrina, thanks for jumping on here. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, what brought you to where you are here at Techvestors today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, so Techvestor is a short-term rental fund. We buy single-family homes uh, nationwide, and we convert them into beautifully designed Airbnbs. Um, funny story how we got into it. So it's my business partner and I, Seif. We both come from tech backgrounds. I worked for Apple for a couple years. Um, I was in hardware engineering. I used to work on the AirPods product line. And um, Seif worked for Facebook. He was in recruiting. And um, we both were investing in real estate individually in our own kind of journeys. I've owned my own Airbnbs prior to Techvestor. And um, we ended up working in our own subgroups of Apple and Facebook. And we started helping people internally at work. Um, you know, high income, W2 earners, that was kind of who we started working with. Um, I ended up getting my real estate license uh, at the same time while I was working at Apple. It was something that I had carried a lot of interest in um, mm. as a passion. And then um, we decided to start TechFester, not only to help other people diversify their investment strategy through short-term rentals, um, but yeah, that's how, we, that's how we got started. Okay, that's cool. So how long has TechFester's been uh, up and running? Um, it's been since July, 2021. So a okay. year and a couple months. All right. And so talk to me a little bit about your investment thesis there. Why, uh, why tech festers? What is it, what are you aiming to do? So, um, for those of you who have invested in real estate, um, as an individual real estate can be a lot of work. Airbnb is a whole other, uh, uh, commitment to, to real estate. You mm. have to find a property, um, you know, and that's because we, we invest nationwide. We, you know, that's hard to narrow down markets. So funny story, because Steve and I have a background in, in tech, we built a proprietary software that runs every MLS uh, listing that hits the MLS nationwide. It runs that through a uh, pro forma that we use for the, for our fund. And wow. it narrows down um, a bunch of markets that deem viable for the um, target IRR and cash on cash that we look for um, for our portfolio. And then um, because Airbnb is very aesthetically driven, we have obviously a lot of people, humans that look at the homes and we make sure that the homes, um, you know, we make sure that whatever market that we're investing in, um, whether it be, you know, a mountain market, a beach market, um, a city market, that that home can produce the revenue that um, we're, we're going after based on the design that we, we have internally. Um, so that's how, we, that's how we narrow down our homes, which, mm -hmm. is, which is big because it takes, it's very time consuming to look for good deals, um, to scrub markets. So that's, that's one side of our business um, that really helps us find property. And then we are um, vertically integrated. So our, we also have our operations team internally, which means we do our own construction. We wow. remodel all of our homes. We furnish and we design everything internally. 
Um, we have a team of 12 project managers and they fly out, they handle all of our projects individually. Um, for a while, it was me going out there and doing all this. I have many funny stories <laughs> that I can share on that journey. Um, but that's also a big advantage because, I mean, especially, you know, who wants to go to the, the Poconos, Pennsylvania and build furniture and do that whole process? It's, it's, it's exhausting. Um, and then also, you know, I think now a big topic has been interest rates and markets. And you've seen some markets do really well and you've seen markets flop based on what's been going on. And the nice thing is, is that we are a portfolio. Right now we have around 70 properties, single family homes. They're anywhere between three to six bedrooms. Um, and we're in 10 different markets. So you get a nice blend, um, which is always nice in terms of like, you know, risk management and all that good stuff. Yeah. So talk a little bit about those markets. Where are you um, optimistic right now? Where are you looking to invest? So we, we have a, a blend. So we have some really lucrative mountain markets. So we're in the Poconos, Pennsylvania. We are in Blue Ridge, Georgia. Those are most of our markets are 90 minutes from major cities. Like, you know, Blue okay. Ridge is 90 minutes from Atlanta. The Poconos is 90 minutes from New York City, all by car. Um, and we picked those because when we started the business, we were we started during COVID and it was very natural for people to not want to get on planes. They wanted to visit these markets and that continued, that continued. And that's why, you know, I think Airbnb just released their um, Q3 revenue for this year. They're up 29% year over year from this time last year for yeah. that reason. I think a lot of people were wary of Airbnb, worried that, you know, post COVID that travel would go away, but we've seen... We've seen a huge um, upswing across all of our markets, actually. Um, not only our mountain markets, we're also in Scottsdale, which is a pretty busy metro. Phoenix has been, you know, has been doing very well the last three or four years. We're in Tampa. So we have this, we have this blend. We're in the true vacation rental markets, and then we're also in these tier two cities that you've seen um, some really great returns across all real estate, right? Not only short-term rentals. Yeah. So at 70 assets already, you're talking about, are you buying, is it one a week or what sort of a pace are you on with that? So we, we based, uh, we, it kind of happened by accident because it was based on how much capital was coming in. Okay. Um, and obviously on the, on the right deals, right? Like every, every property that we buy, we bet extensively before it comes into our portfolio. So um, if you average it out, you know, sure, it was around a property and a half a week, but it kind of came in in sprints based hmm. on capital coming in. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit more about the actual properties. Tell So you, you, we talked a little about the locations. Tell me what are you looking for in a property? What goes into your portfolio? So we have a, a data team internally. We're really big on R&D. I think with Airbnb, there are a lot of things that make a property do well that are not obvious to the public. Um, I think there's a statistic out there that the average person on Airbnb before they book, so if you're a guest shopping for a vacation home yeah. uh, for the weekend, I think it's they, they only look at the first three or four photos and they spend seven seconds looking at, at the homes. So we, we look at what amenities are people um, offering in that area? Why are they doing really well? what revenue they're producing already 
Um, and obviously location proximity to ski lodges and, mm-hmm. you know, golf tournament spots or what, whatever is known for that area. Yeah. Um, so we look at all of that. And then also we, we target the three to five bedroom, um, home, uh, for okay. many reasons. One appreciation for single family. That's usually the, the target sized house that does well on resale. Um, and two, we, we believe as a company that, um, you know, hotels will always do well, but it's always economically friendlier to offer a family um, a three to five bedroom home. I mean, if you're if you're two or three families traveling for the holidays or doing something, it's it's way better to be together in a home rather than three to four different hotel rooms, right? Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of how we narrow it down. We're very very specific. We're very data driven with everything that we purchase. Um, we've seen homes in certain areas where, that don't have hot tubs produce 15% less revenue than homes with hot tubs. Hmm. Um, so just small little metrics that are so, so key that allow us to really hit our revenue targets per year. So we, we look for, we look for uh, majority amenities and then also location and all that good stuff. Okay. So when you're evaluating, and I'm not, I'm going to ask you a little bit about returns and I, I'll, I know we're not going to go too deep into um, some areas of this and folks can get in touch with you directly if they want to really dig into numbers after they've, this is for accredited investors only. Is that right? I just want to get that out before we, uh, go too far. Yeah. Okay. So, um, talk a little bit if you can about what you target for a return. If you're uh, evaluating a property somewhere, what does that property have to look like? It's you know, it might return to you in a year uh, or on whatever your metric is in IRR for you to, you know, to pursue it. So that, that's a great question. It depends on the market. And again, that's okay. a benefit of investing with a portfolio. So um, I'll give you an example. Scottsdale, some of the homes can produce anywhere between a 5 to a 10% cash on cash um, in terms of revenue year round. But Yep. That is a very stable market. And traditionally, if you were to buy multifamily, you're looking at like a three or four cap, you know, when you enter that market. So that's a very stable, stable market as is. When you look at the Poconos, we've underwritten homes, we've purchased homes that'll produce a 25% return. Cash um, on cash, like excluding it, appreciation or anything else, just a cash return, annual cash. Sure. Return. And we've actually, we've, we've had some that have been even higher. Um, so it depends on the market. Right now, um, our target average uh, annual cash flow over five years is a nine to twelve percent, um, and our trending full operational year cash on cash is supposed to be anywhere between an eight and a half to a twelve and a half. Right now, we're actually right on target. We're a little under a nine. So, yeah. Wow. So, what is the strategy with regard to hold period? Is there a do you have exits planned for these when you buy them or is it a uh, just buy and hold and, uh, forever or what's the strategy there? Right now it's a five-year target hold and then um, sell as an exit. Obviously yeah. we're paying attention to the market and we're going to do what's best for, for everyone uh, yeah. involved, but right now we're targeting five years. Okay. Is your fund leveraged? Yes. Okay. And is it a like a, a a blanket or a wraparound? Do you get individual debt for each of these uh, assets, or how does that? Like, I guess what I'm trying to get to is what is the exposure when somebody 
invests with you, are we investing in individual assets or are we investing in the fund as a, as a whole? You're, and you're does investing. that fund have leverage uh, on it in its entirety or individually? Is it like siloed by property? So you're investing in the LLC that holds all of the properties and okay. we um, are leveraged per single family, so per asset, but okay. it's under that one LLC. Okay, cool. Um, so there's not a lot of good news in the market today. I think people are, are, are you know, looking, um, looking for some. I've felt like short-term rentals, in fact, I wrote a post about this not very long ago. I feel like short-term rentals um, personally are a better bet than a lot of what's out there, mostly for a lot of things we've talked about, like the fact that um, the returns, the cash on cash return is, is so much better than a traditional rental right now. Um, but what do you see happening in the market and how is that impacting any of the decisions that you're making? We've got the, you know, our soaring interest rates and potentially, you know, um, lower home prices. So how is that factored into how you're operating now? Yeah, sure. So we, so obviously our area has been impacted purely from an interest rate perspective. And also for, you see some prices coming down in, in some of our markets. Um, we like to tell people that we're a cash flow fund first. So yeah. we're still buying deals that um, are obviously cash flow positive. We're still finding some really great deals. We are buying at higher interest uh, rates. What if we can, and when the time is right, we, we plan on refining. Um, hope, you know, obviously, hopefully at a, at a lower interest rate. And yeah. um, but we're but we're cash flow focused focused first. So we're still finding deals, and um, we're still we're still going on strong. Okay. So uh, one of the things I have on here to ask you about is your edge, and it sounds like you've touched on that a little bit. With it, you've built some in-house technology. You have you've got developers on staff. Is that um, is that sort of your model? Is your um, it's an in-house dev team that's building this kind of thing out for you, or what? What do you feel like your edge is? So, so I think software is definitely our edge because it allows us to find the right deals um, with speed. Yeah, and um, it allows us to also buy in different markets. You're you're benefiting from a portfolio, but I also think our edge is our operations team. It is very difficult to do this at scale. And mm -hmm. I'm sure those of you who are in real estate, it's you don't often find like a nationwide flipper or someone who could like help you remodel nationwide. Yeah. We've built that Reason. infrastructure in different markets. And we also, I mean, storing furniture, having designers in different markets, it's it's you know, you're 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 in hospitality almost, right? And yeah. And that's that's a hard thing to come across. So we also have that in-house, which we're very grateful for. And it also helps us not only find properties at speed, but also deploy capital and get the properties, you know, revenue and cash flow positive sooner than later. Yeah. Um, so our execution is also very fast. So what do you feel like the risks are right now in the model that you have? Like, is, your, is there something that's keeping you up at night or that you're thinking about 
uh, risks that you're mitigating or you're actively mitigating right now? Or where, what, it, what is it um, that, uh, you know, nothing, there's no investment with return without any risk, right? So uh, what do you feel like those are for your fund? Yeah, sure. So I think, I think a few things that come to mind. So obviously everyone's looking at the market right now. We ultimately don't know what's going to come 2023, sure. 2024. Yeah. I think that's more so from the buying perspective that we're trying to understand what, what prices mean, where are they landing, interest rates. I think, and that's where you're seeing a lot of this like silence in the market right now because a lot of mm. people are kind of at a halt. Um, the good news is, is that again, we're, we're a cash flow fund. So we're focusing on that primarily. And then also... Um, I think one thing that would be a risk if we weren't where we are today is our vertical depth in each market. Most of the markets that we're in right now, we have several uh, assets already um, doing very well. They're live, they're listed on Airbnb. So we've already like set precedence in the market. And actually, mm. if you look at our listings on Airbnb, and you go, you know, you do a search in like Clearwater or in Scottsdale or in Poconos. Most of our homes, we own, you know, anywhere between five to 10 homes in each of those markets. You'll see all of our homes pop up as the top ranked. Oh, so wow. in terms of people hearing about that markets are oversaturated, Airbnb's a bust, it really depends on who's driving the listings and who's ranking them and how you're priced and how much ownership you have of, of those markets. So mm. because we own so much and we're vertically in depth in those markets, we also set the prices because we're okay. the majority. Um, so I, I would say if we weren't in that place, that would be something that I would, I would be, that would be a risk or something I would be keeping an eye on. And we all, we always are keeping an eye on those things because there's people coming in new, new owners, you know, STR is very, is a, is an ever evolving world. There's a lot of people getting into it at the same time, yeah. but that's also a, a positive that, um, that I see with, with being a part of a portfolio. Cause we have a lot of, um, vertical depth in those markets. Yeah. Yeah. I think for newer individual operators, if they got in, like, I know a lot of folks got in with, they took seconds on their personal residence or they've got loans against their stock portfolio. Like there's reasons that they might have to sell. Um, you know, I think that having that mitigated by, by being in a fund, being across a, a lot of uh, different properties like you are makes a lot of sense. Um, what do you think about, you know, when the 2008, crash happened there was and i'm i'm not suggesting that we're going to have that but it does seem like their consensus is in that 2023 is going to be difficult year in uh you know a lot of regards but what do you think about um occupancy and how do you see that playing out over the next year or two if we do in fact see um you know pull back here or recession so uh, two things. So I actually just read an article recently. I, I can't quote it because I don't remember where it came from, but it was um, it was just signs of the recession and where you're because you know you hear about layoffs right now. You're hearing about people cost cutting and doing other things. Yeah. Um, and people and the I think it was like some hospitality report came out referencing 
there has been no cutback on travel so far for hmm. next year's travel. So plane tickets, um, hotel reservations, Airbnbs, uh, tourism. So that that was interesting. Um, I also think with the Airbnb world, occupancy is not looked at like uh, regular real estate. So when okay. you, you know you buy multifamily, you're looking at you know you're hoping for 98 and above you know occupancy for for your yeah. rents. And with Airbnb, it's different. There are some markets that we underwrite where it's 50% occupancy, and wow. it'll they'll do very very well. Um, like for instance, we're, we're not in Big Bear, but Big Bear, there are a lot of people who own in Big Bear, uh, Big Bear, California, and yeah. that market on average is known to have a 60% occupancy year round, and it still delivers a decent cash on cash if you're an individual buying, right? Um, our, the average of our portfolio, we're, we're in the high seventies in terms of our occupancy. Okay. And, um, I think we're actually, we're at 79%. So we're, we're pretty high up there, but, but it's, it's different for Airbnb because you're looking at the total revenue and you're, mm -hmm. and there's some markets where some, some weekends book majority rather than weekdays, for example, like Scottsdale is a very heavy weekend market, whether as some mountain markets, people are like, you know what, I'm going to work remotely in the mountains. I'm going to spend a week there with my wife and you'll yeah. have longer stays. So it really, the, the Airbnb world is very different. Um, when you look at occupancy and how it's impacted, you can still do really well with, with uh, lower occupancy year round. Hmm. Have you got anything in Bend, Oregon? No, we, we've looked at Oregon a while ago. Um, yeah. and it, and I have, I've heard great things, but, uh, it didn't pencil for us. Yeah. It's been pretty pricey here. That's where I am. We have quite a few, uh, there's a big short-term, uh, rental market here. Although I guess this is the next thing I wanted to ask you about is that in certain markets, you know, uh, I know certainly in Summit County, Aspen, Vail, and others, uh, mountain towns, where there's some struggles starting to emerge, where there's pushback by uh, local community about uh, affordable housing and and this sort of thing, which I think is, in, in fact, here in Bend, you know, we're seeing that it's, um, which you know, for a long time, we're out in rural, you know, we're out in the woods in, in Oregon here, and it was, you know, sort of very affordable. And then now over the last years, as it's been discovered and people work remotely, prices are, you know, through the roof. Uh, do you see any sort of regulatory risk or local, you know, municipal, um, you know, laws uh, kind of risk in your, in your market or how are you mitigating that? I think that's um, going back to what you mentioned about risks. That's, that will always be one of them. It's like an ever going thing. Um, we just, it, we just can't predict law. Yeah. I will say though, every market that we are currently in has very established regulation. So we typically don't invest in markets that are very in the process of figuring that out because yeah. depending on the state, the government, the politics, you're going to have, um, you're going to have some side be in favor of, and we have actually been in markets in the past where, you know, we were thinking about it and that month they passed, they passed a law that, you know, 30 days or longer or, a minimum of six people only in the house. So we're, we, we do a part of the operations team actually is to constantly be on top of permitting okay. and to make sure that we're on par up to code. 
And also in most of our markets that we invest in, there's a physical inspector that comes out to take a look at safety and all those things. So mm. you, yes, you do have a lot of markets that don't have that whole story figured out yet, which yeah. is a risk, but you also have plenty that do. So you've talked about cash flow a uh, few times. Are you able to talk about what the target is or what you've been able to, to distribute so far uh, percentage wise? So um, I think, and I think I mentioned it before, it, our target annual cash flow over five years is a nine to 12%. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And, and then cash flow, that's not, that excludes um, exits and uh, appreciation from, yes. Yeah. Correct. That, that, okay. That's, yeah. Our, if you're talking about IRR, we're looking at a 17 to 24%. Okay. Yes. I am talking about IRR. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's total IR is 17 to 24. That's what we're targeting. And then cash flows in nine to 12. Nine to 12%. Okay. Awesome. What is the minimum to invest with you if you're an accredited investor? Uh, 25,000. 25,000. In the whole period, the, how long is the lockup? Five years. And what are the fees? Are you able to talk uh, about Currently, we actually, we, we don't have fees. It's just your investment. Oh, all right. So how are you, how are you uh, getting, um, how, how is TechVestors earning money if there's no fees? Uh, operationally, that's how we just working on our houses, our project management through getting everything set up. That's how we, that's how we make money. And oh. then obviously through, our, um, you know, our return structure. Nice. So talk to me a little bit about who makes a good investor for tech investors. Like if somebody's considering this, how would they know if they're somebody who might, you know, reach out to discuss further? Uh, anyone who's looking to diversify. And um, I think majority of our investors are um, like high W-2 income earners, people who don't have the time mm -hmm. to buy their own real estate and set up uh, short-term rentals that want the the lucrative cash flow year year round. So that's yeah. that would be our target investor. All right. Well, awesome, Sabrina. Thanks for coming on here and talking about this. I'm definitely interested in this market, and I've been hesitant because of all the reasons that you mentioned um, to get into an individual property. You know, myself just because of the workload and, and, you know, paying attention to it. Also, there's the risk of being just in the one single market. So I do like, uh, I do like the tech investors model where you spread uh, as an investor, you spread that risk out, you know, nationally, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, how should folks find you if they want to talk more about it? Yeah, you can find us uh, on our website to learn more and book a call directly there at techvestor.com. Okay, great. Sabrina, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. I know most of the folks who are listening to this are you know, involved in real estate and investment in some one way or another. And so I think this is going to be a great call for them. I appreciate you getting on here. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure.